Blog Talk Radio. Again, once again, once again, you are tuned in live to your 15 minutes radio network and beyond words with Janessa White and Darrell Douglas. We are so excited once again to be here. And let me just be honest before we even start the dialogue I'm tired. <laughs> and when I say I'm tired, I'm tired of so many different things that's going on, and I, I mean mentally tired. Um, this is America. This is where we reside, and there are some things we definitely have to talk about. And um, the, the first thing is the Confederate statue. I'm sorry, I have to. You have to start with that. Right in. And I'm jumping right in. I hope you got. I'm sorry. How are you, Chanessa? I'm good. I'm good. As good as can be. Okay, Darrell, how are you? I'm good too. I'm about to share these. Uh, these. Um, what do you call them? Ah, skip me. But yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay. Did you say skip you? (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) we are on live. We are not skipping you on the radio, sir. (laughs) This is not. (laughs) No, sir. (laughs) Let me explain how this works. (laughs) So so we're going to get into this because um, when I saw your post, Darrell, I I, I went to another dimension in my mind. <laughs> I was so angry. Which one? Oh, the one about the one, wait, let me guess. Was it the one where the vice president of the NAACP in Houston is defending the black mayor in Houston and deciding to remove the Confederate statues to the Houston Museum of African American Culture so that they won't be vandalized? Was it that post? Oh, Jesus. Or was it the one where yes. that pastor compared the Confederate flags, I mean, because the Confederate statues to the cross? I, I think the entire video just took me yeah. to another level of I, I can't believe what's happening in America. So this is going to be like a game of tennis today. We're going to be going back and forth with different topics, but I'm going to throw that one out there first because I want to step back, and I'm going to listen to you and Chanessa because I I feel a certain type of way about this whole situation, but I want you guys to explain to me why this is the best idea in America because I'm not understanding. So, Chanessa... Talk to me. Help me here. I can't do that. I cannot do that because I can't fathom why this is even a thing. So let me get this straight. We're going to take statues of the people who wanted to keep us enslaved, 
and we're going to place them in the same museums that honor our history and heritage. How, why, and who thought this was a good idea? I have a theory. <laughs> so so here's, here's what's interesting, and I've been talking about this for a while. Um, if, you, if you read Obama's book, The Audacity of – I'll take that back to the first one, Dreams of My Father. He actually talked mm-hmm. about when he was organizing on the south side of Chicago. He was a community organizer, and he said that once they elected – Mayor Washington, the first black mayor of Chicago, it became hard mm-hmm. to organize people against this mayor because he looked like them. And in my opinion, mm-hmm. I've been ringing this bell forever, and it's just like you couldn't have written a better story. It's my personal belief that so many people, a lot of times, who look like us get a pass, and they're not held to the same standard. And so they're more like tokens. So he, the mayor of Houston, in my opinion, personal opinion, is indebted clearly to Greater Houston Partnership, the Houston Police Officers Union, and all of these other structures. It tripped me out because, Janessa, when they put out the press release, it read the, the headline said, Mayor Turner to remove Confederate statues, and I was about to actually give him some props, but I continued reading the headline. This wasn't a footnote. The headline continued to say to to put in better context and to eliminate vandalism. But he he had to put out a disclaimer or a reason why, and it's like that's what's wrong with a, with a lot of what's going on today. But I don't help help me with the who. Help me with the whose bright idea it was to say we should put statues of the Confederacy, which lost, which wanted to keep us enslaved, into our museums where we go to learn about our history and heritage and reflect on who we are. Why is that a why 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 is that even a thought? that that is the right. appropriate place for it to be. Especially in light of I, all that's going on now. It's like, putting it's, a Hitler, it's like putting a Hitler statue in the middle of a Holocaust museum. Right. Oh, because exactly. you want to preserve it? Exactly. And then it's the Houston Endowment that's paying for it. So, once again, it's Darrell's personal opinion again, right? So don't get don't don't loop nobody else in and get nobody in trouble. In my personal opinion, this is what I think it was. Here was the play. He wanted to remove them, but he didn't want to make anybody mad. So he said, "Hmm, where is there a slush fund that I have access to where we can like make this right? Okay, so the city's not going to pay for it. Let me get this 501c3 organization to pay the Houston Museum of African American Culture. Let's be honest. When the last time they had a real exhibit that brought in some money, right? It's been a while. So when they got the call that was like, hey, you want to do this thing? I guarantee you it was six figures. I bet you every bit that, that they're getting $300,000, $400,000 to do this, right? And then they were like, heck, yes. Can you cash app it or sell it to me or a money order? What? And boom, they jumped on it. No, and hold on for a second. It's like a win-win-win. Yeah. 
hold on one second. You're telling me that the museum is like, yes, we'll take these relics. Yes, the and defended it. Defended it, Tanessa, on the news. And I think, Tanessa, here, and I know you're a God-fearing Christian woman, so you'll really get this. I think I was already like, like, am I awake? Is this real? Until the end where, oh, my gosh, Bishop Dixon, who's vice president of the NAACP, basically says, well, you know, in Christianity, we have the cross in our churches. And we know the cross, you know, was sort of a, 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 a heavy point for Christianity. And it's like, did he really just say that out loud? I, I, I'm lost. I just. You know what? I, I Listen, I. <laughs> I am not going to give the losing Confederacy any additional energy, okay? None of us should give it any additional energy. The Confederacy lasted five years. They lost. Move on. Guess what? I'm not, just not, I don't care whose history or heritage. Even the very general's descendants are like, take it down. So if they don't want it and it's their family history, why do you want it? I, I, I refuse exactly. to give any more of this any additional energy. We have bigger fish to fry. You know what, Mayor of Houston, I can't, Sylvester, you need to get it together, brother, because this, this, this is not the hill to die on. It isn't one. There's so much more going on that, we could be focused on, but yet we want them, we let them push us towards the shiny objects and the shiny balls. I'm just going to be honest with you. I could care less about any Confederate statue anywhere. I really could, because I can just walk right past it. All of us can. Yeah. Yeah. The you problem know, is you know, this is a culmination of things. It, it's kind of like yeah. you, you, you're making a cake, and you, you put yeah. the eggs oh, in sure. there. Okay, and then you put the rest of it in there. And I think the reason that this just bothered me so much is that if you are saying that you want to take it down because it's offensive to African Americans, but guess what? It's offensive to you, but I'm going to put it where you can see it even as a matter of fact, you may pay to see it. Here right. it was free. You could just walk past right. it and do it. So now let, let's look at it on a deeper level. So now we're going to uh, defend because, of course, we don't want the statues, you know, damaged. So here we are as African-Americans right. once again defending the Confederacy right. because as long as it's in the museum, the African-American museum, right. they know that people won't do harm to that museum. So right. you're telling me in this it's city defending. there aren't any other museums for them to put yeah. their stuff? Because if you don't want yeah. me to walk past it in public, why should I pay yeah. to see it? Why should I go in to see it? Don't give me the less we forget. I don't have to be reminded of who I am in America. Right. I'm reminded every day. So we continue yep. to talk about slavery, but let's talk about all of the ingredients that went into slavery, including the rapes, 
okay, including right. breaking up families, uh, all of this stuff that's just not, okay, you had to work for free in a sense because sometimes people just kind of, oh, they were slaves. No, it's more than that. There was a mental reaction to slavery. Right. There was a physical, mm -hmm. a spiritual. So let's not just call it slavery because there are various yeah. dimensions to it. So we can look at it, and I get what you're saying, Chanessa, but I, I think of it as a culmination of all of these silly things that we're accepting. There was a rapper, Lecrae or something, and this pastor, they had some kind of session yesterday or the day before. And the young man, well, the Caucasian pastor um, characterized slavery as a white blessing. Okay, so... That brought me back to a time when a vice president of Shell Oil Company, yeah, I said it, um, told me uh, during lunch, it was a casual conversation, well, it's good that there was slavery because you guys um, had the ability to come over to America. Wow. Now, <laughs> this happened in real time, and I have to admit, I didn't say anything because I was so shocked. It threw me because that was not the conversation. So mm -hmm. I told my supervisor, because I'm one of those, let's go up the line, and she told me to calm down and go home. Now, fast forward four years later, she apologized to me for not taking it up the line. So, again... So that that it's so many things that are happening in America that we 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 have to kind of pay attention to, not get distracted from the purpose, but pay attention right. to the fringe to say, hmm. Right. So you believe as a white Christian pastor that slavery was a white blessing, minimizing slavery, so, in my opinion. Right. Agreed. And Go ahead. and so let, let me let me be clear. I'm not saying you don't have a right to be upset and annoyed and and frankly just in, infuriated by this whole Confederacy thing. I'm not suggesting that you should not. I'm saying let let's be outraged let's go let's move on because let's not give them the satisfaction of this is dominating the conversation because that's what it's allowing it to do. It's allowing it to dominate right. the conversation when we've got, you know, in the past 10 days, seven people have been lynched. So let's not, like, let's not, that's all I'm suggesting. I want you to be outraged because guess what? We, we are too forgiving as a people in general. Yeah. And the expectation yes. is that we are going to forgive everything that happens against us. And guess what? We're not. I'm not. I, right. I do not forgive anybody. If you wanted to apologize to me about the Confederacy and about enslaving our people, you, you can save that apology because guess what? It's not accepted. Hmm. So, right. again, I agree with you that it is all these French things, and as I see you know, I'm really encouraged seeing all these people, black and brown people alike, who are now speaking up about the how they're being treated in the workplace and the things that they're experiencing. And here's what's really challenging and interesting for us to see. Those people that we thought were allies and those people that we thought were 
you know, in it for you and I. We're now finding out that they're the biggest offender. Yes. And so right now, everybody's world is being turned upside down, but I encourage any and everybody, while we have the pulse of America, particularly corporate America, if someone's mistreating you, if someone, if you know people are of color are being mistreated because they are people of color, then you should speak up. Let's get these people out of here. I think, I think, but, but here's just going off what you just said. That's kind of part of the problem because sometimes those people also look like us. To 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 put you know to kind of expound upon what what she just said about that was kind of the finish that was the icing on the cake. The cake began with the mayor and the police chief leading a rally for police brutality, and 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 I thought to myself, this is so awkward. Like, did LBJ? March with Dr. King? No. Dr. King marched, and they marched to put pressure on LBJ. The tail is not supposed to mm-hmm. wag the dog, right? So you have that which starts it off, right? And I, I did this really funny little thing on Facebook, this uh, kind of like Onion article where I was like, next they're going to go home, and they're going to uh, do a rally in the mirror, and they're going to protest themselves, because that's basically what it was, Right. Then you have the budget, uh, the Houston City Council and the mayor just approved the budget. The mayor shot down every single, right, amendment that had anything to do with actual police reform. He shut them down. Mm -hmm. He has essentially been MLK on the mound and then Bull Connor down at City Hall. He has governed, right, but, but what really, and it hurts my soul, because I see the amens that he gets when he goes to Lyons Unity Baptist Church or Fifth Ward Church of Christ or when he's out mm-hmm. handing out turkeys. And then he goes to City Hall and his actions are the opposite, right? Like, I think we have to think a lot broader just about electing people who look like us. It's got to be like a, like a scholarship. Yeah, we're going to let you in and we're going to give you some money, but we need to see these grades. And if at the end it ain't looking right at the end of the first year, you're out of here. You're done. But we are so forgiving. We say, oh, that's the best. He went to he went to school with my uncle, right? And so for some reason, mm-hmm. I'm indebted to him. No. I think we can admire the second black mayor of the fourth largest city in the nation and simultaneously hold him accountable. And I do not see that. I get so many inboxes. And people, if you're listening, you're not doing them, but adding igniter fluid to a fire. I get so many inboxes. You know, you need to calm down. You know, one of these days, you know, you don't want to get on nobody's bad side. For what? People, there's blood in the street. We're beyond that, right? The time Mm -hmm. for food and decorum is gone. I ain't going to cut nobody out or nothing, but I will hold you accountable. One one thing about Houston, I, I love Houston. Everyone who knows me knows that I, I believe this is the greatest city in America. But mm. when it comes to politics, and Darrell, you can attest to this, there there is a behind-the-veil situation yeah. that goes on. Um, yeah. I, I've been in situations where we, we met in some place that I could not recall, so if 
anything happened to me in that place, nobody would be able to find me. Um, Mm. I I don't even recall Mm. where it was, but I know we were Mm. all in a room deciding who we would endorse because all of us were running for District B. Mm. So I was invited to this meeting late at night. I thought I was pledging, but that's another story (laughs) altogether, (laughs) Janessa. (laughs) Um, and, And I'm invited into this dark room in a neighborhood I was not familiar with, and we're all sitting around the table saying, well, you know, let's all put our names behind this person. It's nine of us that are running, da 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 And so the decision was made. Now, I sat there shaking my head thinking this is the dumbest thing that I've ever seen, but okay, let's just listen to what's happening because I'm a listener. I'm going to sit back and observe. I'm going to listen to what's happening in this room. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop running just because you all want to endorse somebody. That's not happening Hmm. because I have some other thoughts on my mind, regardless of win, lose, or draw. So there is a behind-the-veil sort of thing that goes on, and I'm sure it goes on in every city. But when that happens, like you mentioned, Darrell, people do feel indebted to a particular candidate uh, based on how long they've lived in Houston and not whether they're the best for Houston, the best for the district. District B is still failing, but nobody wants to bring that up because we we – we, right. yeah, they're going to say we yeah. chose. No, yeah. you all chose this person. Right, right. And and what's crazy, the current, you know, person who sits in that seat doesn't even live in the district. And it's bold about hmm. me to say something. I'm a Facebookologist, okay? So when you're taking a picture of your kids opening their Christmas uh, presents, I'm looking at the custom cabinets in the background. I noticed your countertop. Why? <laughs> That's not just, you know what I mean? Come on. You know, so mm-hmm. it's clear that the the address that's on his, his you know, uh, voter registration and on his filing papers, that little yellow house over off of Hearst Road is not that home that we see with the 13-foot yeah. ceilings. And the custom cabinets in the kitchen. I'm sorry, not in not District it. B. Not it. Not no. Yeah. Not that house. You can Google. You can Google Map it. They have lie. You know. You can see. You know. But that mm-hmm. is so right. That is where we've come. And I think we often. I, I'm, I'm looking at the play that's being made. That you know the rally and the speech at George Floyd's funeral. That's what everybody saw. That calms the masses. Mm-hmm. That calms the sheep. Right. And then you have, you know, little drummer boy over here who's like me, who's crying wolf, saying, no! And people are like, oh, leave him alone. <laughs> That's so faster. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm a town crier over here, you know? And, and, and it's falling on deaf ears. And I honestly, it's easier to build and organize against a a villain like Trump because Trump is racist and he governs racistly, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and and, and so, yeah, I I, I guess that's the lesson that I think I'm getting. Like, I knew it, but I never, I mean, it's almost like we've reached fever pitch here where I'm like, what next? 
And the people that are, they're, they're still defending. They're still defending yeah. even that action. That, that's always going to be there. Okay, so, Chanessa, I've gotten out my angst, you know. I've <laughs> gotten out my issue for today. So so talk to us about the concerns that you have about what's happening in America. Well, I I have so so many concerns. It's it's you know, racism is trying to beat coronavirus out here and I think they're neck and neck right now. I'm not sure. Um it's like a race. But it is a race and they both looking for all of us. It's like Listen, um, so it's, I mean, tough right now. You know, I feel um, today I woke up, everybody was so angry about the um, prospect of Ahmad um, Arbery's family meeting with President Trump today um, and about this, ap- you know, this supposed absolution of um, that was going to occur that, you know, Black families were going to be heard, and and you know people were so outraged this morning, and I just you know I looked at it and I thought to myself, you know what, if we are in a place where we feel that a meeting with someone who cares nothing about our community, a meeting with someone who cares nothing about what has happened over the last sixteen days. If we feel, and, and I just can't put myself in the family's shoes, so forgive me, but if we feel that listening to him or having him hear us out is going to make a difference in our lives, then we are truly lost. We are truly, truly lost. And if we've been counseled, you know, I go back and forth, and I'll be very candid, I have a love-hate relationship with Lee Merritt and Benjamin Crump and all of these black gentlemen who tend to find themselves representing families who have been victimized. I -hmm. have this love-hate relationship with them because I often feel like they are advocating for the family's behalf, but ever so often, whenever I start to feel that they are doing that, it comes back to who they really are. So when I say who they really are, you know, for the attorney, for the family to have his friends and his his influencers like Sean King sending out posts, my best friend is going into the lion's den today to meet with President Trump, and, and I was just incensed because this is where we are. We are a community without Integrity leaders, period. There is no way that any attorney, anyone representing the families, anyone representing the struggle should have given one inch today. There's no way. So so how do you I'm just how do you go beyond that though? Because as you said, you know, you um, should, we are we are not the family. And go ahead. But here's the problem. The problem is this: as we as we begin to, add, if it was not for 
protesters and the community at large advocating for many of these families, we would not be where we are now in the midst of these multiple investigations. I'm Again, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the family's heart. I, I can't call that, but I would. I think personally, I would know when I when I was being used as a political pawn in a situation where you have a full a full administration in this past week who have said there is no systemic racism in America, there is no systemic racism in law enforcement, there is no no police brutality, full throated. From Cudlow to Carson, Trump said shush when the young lady asked him about it. But here we are today, again, forgiving people. We are going to forgive. We're going to move on. We're, you know, we're going to heal. Here we are accepting some weak executive order, accepting that this is the end-all, be-all, it makes no sense. It's been 18 days of protest in America. In every day, this, in the last 18 days, there's been a report of excessive police brutality or murder. Yeah. Darrell? I would say we've got to go back, I think, the drum board on Friday, uh, Marcus Davis, who owns the Breakfast Club, um, we 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 shot a video a couple of weeks weeks ago. We needed a place to shoot. Um, the apartments that I live in, they have a little room, but due to COVID, we couldn't use. So I reached out to him, and he let us use Culture, which is his restaurant downtown, since it's closed, you know, due to COVID. And he invited me to a weekend to a, a meeting this past Friday. Um, and there was Ashton Woods, who it was him, me, Ashton Woods, who uh, founded Black Black Lives Matter Houston. There was Trade of Truth, the rapper, and there was Bun B, a couple of rappers, and some other lady. I don't remember uh, her name, but she came with Marcus. And during the conversation, at one point, Trey says, and again, if somebody hears this, be sure you use this disclaimer. I'm not saying anything about negatively, what I'm saying is it made me realize how in the weeds I am when it comes to politics and how everybody's not there. We were listing the the different council members and who was in favor of our, our ask so far and who was against it, and Trey asked, oh, like, I don't know any of these council members. These aren't the people who I remember. And I was like, oh, well, you know, we did just have elections, and some people just came in in January, like, who? And he named Sheila Jackson Lee and Boris Miles. And I thought, okay, Boris Miles is a state senator. Sheila Jackson Lee is mm-hmm. in the U.S. House. And at a certain, right after that, they wanted me to kind of lay out the whole thing, lay out kind of the, the, the ask that we had. And then I thought to myself, or the plan that my org had, and I didn't know where to start after hearing that because I was like, it takes a whole – we need to stop and do some foundational stuff first and then walk mm-hmm. to this. Like it was going to – it was a – what was going to be a 10-minute presentation that needed to be like an hour. Um, and so we, we didn't yeah. get that hour. But out of that, I, I 
I see that our schools are not necessarily teaching civics. Or, or, and then mm-hmm. when I thought about it, do we really know when the trash isn't picked up or when the schools are closed? Like, now that I think back to these different instances, people sometimes don't know who to complain to because we don't really know as a community as well as we should mm-hmm. who does what. Because if we did, if we knew, oh, so she's not just supposed to give us turkeys and and, you know, food drives and school supplies. I thought that's what, you know, a member of Congress did. Right. I didn't say no names, so don't y'all put that on me, right? Or I didn't, you know, they don't know. No, they're supposed to be in D.C. legislating to improve your life and, and those of your yeah. community and your schools. And, your, and so I think we have to get back to that. I think if anything yes. this is showing us is, it's all built on a house of cards if we just allow people to continue to do what they've been doing. We're, we're going to stay where we are. But that's important. Well, what you just said is education. And, and for me, that's important for all of us. And, and we can, you know, because we're talking about us as a community, this is a, a, a United States problem to be quite honest, it's not just within our community, but since the focus is on our community, we, we do have to go back to the drawing board to say, hey, this is, that's why most people say vote local. You have to vote local. Yeah. Don't just go yeah. in when it's a presidential election. But if right. we don't know how the puzzles pieces fit to say, hey, right. guess what? When you want this, this is who you contact. But when you want this, this is who you contact, and this is how it affects right. you on a day-to-day basis. Yes, there are federal right. laws, but there are state laws. We we have to understand right. the dynamics. Uh, but we right. have to feed it to everybody in a way that they're ready to consume it. Absolutely. And so I we, guess we have to come yes. up with a way to do that. I think that is fair. And, yes, you know what? Civics in this country, as a, in the way that government works, Hell, the president doesn't even know how the government works, if that tells you anything. And he's surrounded by 25 different advisors who could actually tell him how it works. So exactly. we are, you're right. This is a bad place to be in. And we are probably just as, I wouldn't say we're as bad, we're worse than, because I've seen communities that are worse than, who continue to elect the same individuals who are ripping them off and actually raising their taxes and not providing the services they need, but yet they've been in office for 20, 30 plus years. This goes back to right now, what can we do to capture, since we have the pulse and we don't want, like I can tell you what the GOP thought happened today. Literally, he said, President Trump signed this executive order he made some lie up about there being an AIDS vaccine, which there isn't an AIDS vaccine. He then went down some rabbit hole on on um, school of choice being a key voter issue. And then he wrapped it up by saying President Obama never did anything for about um, law enforcement reform, et cetera. All lies. But as soon as he signed that executive order, Less than an hour later, Mitch McConnell said, we are not working on any bipartisan law enforcement reform 
um, policies with the Democrats before the July break, and we'll come back with something maybe later in the fall. Mm. According to the GOP, y'all black folks need to calm down, and this is over. You do realize that, right? Let's also look at the fact that it's not like, and of course, you know, something happens and we usually have some local elected and they go out on one hand and they tell, I'm writing a bill, right? But then, usually after session, be it federal or state, they come back with a bad report card and they blame it on the Republicans, okay? Every, so it's like, why did you try to calm I'm, I'm us not, down by saying I'm writing a bill and making that the catch-all when you come back and say, oh, I couldn't really do anything? And then I look at situations but, where they wait, actually – Wait, hold on. What, what does that mean? Because I just said to you that the GOP yes. says y'all need to get it together. This is over. You have an executive order. We're not pre- we're not presenting any laws. Tim Scott's not coming back with anything. We're not working on anything bipartisan. And your response is the Democrats are going to blame the re- Republicans. That's that's your response. Yeah. Really, Terrell? Are you serious? Come on. Yeah. I just gave no, you clear cut. And somehow you brought that back to place it at the feet of the Democrats when I'm asking. No, 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 no. I'm not saying. No, what what you said, what what Mitch McConnell said, absolutely, it's horrendous. My thing is, both like the Democrats need to do yet even more. Is my point, right? Like that shouldn't just be the end all of all, right? And I didn't say the Dems said this was over. My point to you is that the party in power has written an executive order that we, the some of us, went along with. And since that executive order has been written, all such all actual actions that were supposedly taking behind the scenes suddenly those actions are moot on their part. And how are we? I'm saying to you, what exactly? are we supposed to say or do about that? Because the Democrats have had a plan since they annoyed the shit out of us, excuse me, wearing tissue cloth, but the plan actually is a decent plan. So they've had a plan for over a week. The fact that we will not hold both parties, because unfortunately this is a two-party system, we have to hold them both accountable and say, guess what, neither of these things are good enough. Because as of today, they think if you guys, if we, if we, you, me, any of us get out here and protest, now we're just being ignorant. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this is over. Right. And they're waiting on it to fizz out, in my opinion. In my opinion, you know, those that are in power are saying, oh, this doesn't last that long. And, and well, I will say to you, it lasts 18 days. It lasts 18 days. It's only going to get worse because, as we see today, Florida is actually closing their restaurants and bars again. That means wow. there's going to be more people out of, out of work. And, and let me just tell you, there's a very high correlation between 
who is out here in these protest streets and who's working right now. Hmm. And guess what? It's only hey, I don't have anything else to do all day if I'm 22 and I worked in a restaurant that's been closed for six months. Why not? Hmm. I didn't know they were reopening so, today. I mean, that they, were re, that they were. I didn't know that they were closing today. Wow. Um. Not only are they closing, you want to know what else is hilarious? Just like the absolute audacity. Governor Abbott has the audacity to get on television today and admonish people for not wearing masks and talk about these 20-something things they're in, in, invincible. No, you told them they were invincible when you forced the state back open. Yep. And now we're at an all-time high. I'm pretty sure we've leapfrogged everyone today with another seven. This is day 10 of all-time high numbers in Texas. And I guarantee you we are about two weeks from a shutdown. Hmm. Wow. It's going to be so, hot. So who's responsible? Because he, herein lies the question, uh, I did read the report in terms of Governor Abbott saying, you know, um, the 20 to 29-year-olds, their cases increased more than anybody. And it it just seems interesting that it's kind of, I'm going to blame them, although I keep telling people, go out pretty much, these are not his words, go out and enjoy your life. (laughs) Go to the restaurants and uh, swimming pools and bars and things of that nature because essentially this is, not as important. So so how do we get beyond that? Because you, you have another storm coming. You can't get beyond it because you never you never critically addressed it. You never put in the appropriate measures to allow for a safe reopening and you decided you were going to do it not county by county, you were going to do it statewide because you had to jump start your economy. Because he only cares about dollars, and I'm going to tell you right now, these increasing cases, not about kids getting sick. It's about the number of hospital beds that the state is going to have to pay for and the number of bills they're going to have to subsidize. He still has very little humanity, and I've yet I, – I don't even want to – oh, this man, he is – this is about dollars and cents with him and his lieutenant governor – and we're going to be right back in the worst way, worse than Florida. We know Florida's even cooking the numbers right now. We, we saw that today where the actual researcher who was doing the reporting said they asked her to falsify numbers, so she quit. So, again, mm. here we are, forced to reopen, even though they said, oh, you guys wait just another 30 days and things will get better. Nope, I'm going today. I'm not going to listen to the experts. I'm not going to listen to healthcare experts because money matters. That's where we are. Hmm. And he does not get to sit back and admonish anybody for doing what he told them to do, go out and live their lives. Hmm. And for I'm just like, we are in I, – I don't even know how I'm sitting here because I'm so enraged with everything that is going on right now. We're fighting – we're fighting police brutality. We're fighting racism. We're fighting coronavirus. And in the midst of all of it, the expectation is that we're supposed to just forgive, forget, and move on. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, when we first started, and you kind of just summed it up so well, when we first started the conversation, I was trying to reach for the word mean. And one of the funniest ones uh, was uh, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the leadership wearing their masks and the kente cloth. And the caption was, imagine just showing this photo in 2019 with no caption or explanation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. would be funny. It would be like, why is she wearing a mask with the kente cloth? Like, it, it, it's bizarre times. And I think, you know, we're kind of at a pressure point as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think it's much it's like everything has reached its fever pitch. There's been all this, com- mm-hmm. this conversation around access to health care, and now we have a worldwide pandemic. There's been all this talk about, you know, police brutality, and now we have lynchings and what happened in Atlanta in the midst of all this. So it's like I think the world, I think the universe, I think God is calling on us to address all of this. And I think a lot of people who sat comfortably are now forced mm-hmm. to open their eyes and, and, and look at things mm-hmm. they conveniently look away from before. And I think you're before right. I think we, we before we leave, before we leave, I certainly um, want to uh, – give Darrell an opportunity to speak about his organization. I saw the video. You spoke about it earlier, but I want you Mm -hmm. to at least tell people more about it, how to get involved, because the video is absolutely awesome, and not just because there was a Zeta in it, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I might throw that in there, Uh, Chanessa. I thought I might throw that in there. But not just because of that. I know that made it better. And finer, but go on. <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> so essentially what we've done, we've come up with uh, three asks of the mayor and city council. Number one, we want body cam policy that not only gives body cams to officers, but also says that it has to be turned on whenever they're interacting with the public. And if not, there has to be a penalty. I've been pretty open and transparent. I used to be a, a lieutenant of correctional officers working for the prison system. And I got three months probation. I was maybe three or four months in. I got three months probation because during a use of force, after handcuffing an inmate, I didn't turn him on his side. And it was a technicality. There were no complaints. There were no injuries. They just looked at the tape, and they were like, oh, flag on the play. And that did more as far as de-escalation than any training or anything else. It really made me... From that point forward, think about that. So we're calling for that for the Houston Police Department. The second thing, we have Yelp and and Google reviews for restaurants, right? We need the same thing for police officers. If I make a complaint Mm -hmm. on Officer Jones today, I don't know, is this complaint number one Mm -hmm. or is this complaint number 50? And leaning again Mm -hmm. on my time working in the prison, I can tell you those who get away with something small, often that morphs into larger and larger infractions. We need a public clearinghouse for officer complaints for the city of Houston. The third thing, we need a citizens review board with subpoena power. We often see that after a police-involved shooting or any other uh, issue, 
There's always, one, the investigation by the department to decide whether he keeps his job or not. Two, the mm-hmm. investigation by the district attorney's office to decide whether or not they're going to be criminal charges. And we're urging number three. There needs to be a separate, non-connected investigation of citizens that have access to the information that they need to make a decision as well, uh, you know, moving forward. So those are three things that we're asking for. We're meeting with every single member of city council. So like every uh, every other day or pretty much every day, there's at least one meeting. We've met okay. with uh, policy experts. We've met with former members of Congress to, to help sharpen this. And we have a petition that's online at policeaccountabilityordinance.org. Uh, and then you can visit our organization's website at HoustonJustice.org, donate, share, sign the petition, and get involved because this is no big I, little you thing. We're all involved. We're all engaged. We invite everybody to all our meetings. We do not make you write your question down on a on an index card. You know, we <laughs> ask these people their questions and ask it the way you want. Um, and we, we believe yeah. that that's Truly, the way to build uh, power, and so that—that's just one of the videos. There'll be more released slowly, and we actually okay. have a—we actually might be going with a little cable buy, uh, ad buy on TV. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. with, with right. a, and we yeah, a sixty-second, uh, a sixty-second shot. We're we're still working through that for the for next week actually. So, yeah, that's. That's what's going on. Very nice. Very good. Very good. One question. Um, what about the no knock? Is is that what it's called? No knock? No I'm knock not exactly rage, sure right. the proper term. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that uh-huh. still something that Houston can do? Because I know that they've done that, and this wasn't um, directed towards African Americans, but it was mm-hmm. directed towards citizens and people uh, mm-hmm. were killed because they were yep. accused of uh, being a drug house. And it was interesting to me because when they initially did the interviews, everybody in the neighborhood was saying, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. And then upon mm-hmm. further investigation, they realized that they had made a mistake the city of Houston Police Department. So what about that? Is that something that people are fighting for, or are we kind of, that's okay? So, so the mayor has already um, done away with using no-knock raids. Additionally, what's interesting with that case, it was the Tuttles. What's really interesting, mm-hmm. usually the police have to go to a judge to get a warrant, Right. So we have different kinds of judges. We have, of course, Supreme Court justices, state Supreme Court. We have district court all the way down the bottom of – I don't want to say bottom of the barrel because that's kind of disrespectful. But let's just roll with Municipal court judges are, like, appointed by the mayor, right? So these are, Mm -hmm. you know, traffic court, stuff like that. Why did this judge give police not only a warrant? But a no-knock warrant, okay? And with no-knock for those who are listening, what that means is you're going to – it's similar to a felony warrant call, only you're, you don't – you're sometimes they're not in uniform, and there's no-knock. You literally kick the doors in, guns presented, right? 
And I guarantee you, mm-hmm. I say it all the time, if somebody kicks through this door, okay, hey, what what is that person to think in those first five seconds or so? Exactly. So that, that's been done away with in, in Houston, but there's so much more that we have to do. I wasn't sure what the status was in Houston based on, you know, that case in particular. And, of course, that, that was um, the Breonna Taylor case. You know, it wasn't in Houston, but there was a no-knock warrant. So they went in and did whatever they were going to do, and, of course, shots were fired. And it's interesting to me because in any neighborhood in America, if you're knocking on the door, whether you're doing something illegal or not, you you don't know who's going to shoot back when you come in shooting or kicking the door in. Absolutely. So I I, I don't quite understand that concept. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the idea was it would be safer for the officers to have the element of surprise, but never does that work. Like, even inside the prison, you want them to know that you're coming. You 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 don't want surprise, because surprise, that's where injuries happen. That's where accidents happen. Mm-hmm. Like, no, go outside. This is the police. You have 10 minutes to come out with your, you know, hands up, blah, 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 blah. If not, this is what's about to happen. And then start your clock. Like, that's the best way to usually get someone to do what you want them to do. There were many times where I would take the team, they dressed up like Ninja Turtles, and we would go down there and I would say, you have three minutes, okay? And if not, we're going to open the door. And they're gonna come in and get <laughs> period. And I would literally just stand there. I didn't beg, I didn't whatever. Just boom. And guess what? Usually after about thirty seconds, they like, all right, because now they're thinking, they're looking out there, they're seeing these people prepared, you know. And that's what you get. And that's yeah. the way that it should be. We 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 shouldn't have it this way. I mean, to see other nations that are, you know, calling on the UN to intervene and I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy. But okay, so Miss Janessa, we've been called to act. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, so now we're, we're at the point where we we have five minutes left, and we're going to go beyond words. Um, Darrell has given us some insight on how to join his organization. Darrell, did you mention your Twitter or do you have Twitter or Facebook page or anything of that nature? We do. We have a, the Facebook page is Houston Justice Coalition. And then on Twitter and Instagram, we're at Houston Justice and the number two. The number two? Yes, Houston Justice two. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't seven. But never mind. <laughs> You're seven L. <laughs> you know, I, I have a great memory, sir. I have a great memory. <laughs> He's like, What? What are you talking about? Seven. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, Miss okay. Vanessa, how do we go beyond words at this point? Because it's so many, yes. like I said, I knew this would be kind of a tennis match. There's so many things that are going on. How do we go beyond words? Yeah, so right now, um, you know, the most proactive thing that we all can do is to help people get registered to vote 
that's what I'm working on mm-hmm. right now with a few organizations. So we'll be sending out um, information on that with Rock to Vote starting this week. Um, there are some states that do not have um, online voter registration like Texas and um, our Arkansas and Mississippi. So there are some um, grassroots efforts that we're going to be doing very soon here to kind of target the 18 to 24-year-old seg- segment. Um, mm-hmm. The third thing I would say is that there are some additional races that are coming up that are really critical. And if you have people who um, live in these states, you should definitely should get them out to vote. Um, New York, there's a, a primary that's happening in less than a week that a um, 24-year incumbent, Democrat incumbent, said on a hot mic last week that if he, if he didn't have a primary, he wouldn't even be talking to his constituents. Um, so he needs mm-hmm. to go. Um, <laughs> yes, he needs to go. Um, and wow. the, I will tell you, so many people have endorsed this man as he said, I don't want to even talk to the people I represent. So with the New York primary coming up, um, with, um, excuse me, I think there's two other ones next week, which I cannot think of at this moment, but I will make sure I share them via Twitter and give them over to you guys. But definitely getting people registered to vote is our focus right now. And there's a, there's a runoff okay. too, uh, in Texas for U.S. Senate seat on the Democratic side to run against um, Cor- uh, uh, Cornyn. John Cornyn. So you have, yes. yeah, John Cornyn. You have um, uh, Royce West and, oh, my God, this is horrible. Think about this. Like MJ Hager. This is horrible. Oh, yeah. MJ Hager is the other candidate. But it is two weeks away, literally a week from this coming Tuesday. So we definitely should make sure that Texas turns out. And just so we know, Georgia had so much voter suppression happening last week. Um, We all saw that. I think we're going to see a replay in Texas. So I definitely want to see people get out and vote so we can actually pressure, pressure test the system right now. Make sure if if you are registered to vote or you believe that you're registered to vote, make sure you check on your status. That um, is correct. I had a wonderful opportunity <laughs> to check on my status yesterday, <laughs> and it was not what I expected. I am registered, but they have a footnote on there. And so yeah. I'm saying that to say, yeah, exactly. To um, make sure that you're registered to vote. Ensure, don't wait until you get into the line and then there's some issue and you know how you can kind of feel a certain type of way (laughs) once you get there and they start saying you can't vote or do you have your electric bill or whatever (laughs) (laughs) tomfoolery that comes about. So just really make sure that you are fully registered, take care of any issues or concerns that they currently have right now and make sure that all is well so that when you go, you if you need your ID, because some states you, you need it, so if you need your ID or whatever you need, make sure you have it and that you're prepared. We have to prepare, and we have to not only register to vote, but we have to vote. So there's a two-pronged system here. <laughs> you know, register to vote and register then go and vote. And vote. <laughs> yes. That is correct. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, exactly. Well, um, this has been an interesting conversation, and I want to thank you both for uh, kind of bearing with me <laughs> um, for going straight out the gate because I, I was just having some concerns uh, about the statues. It just did not make sense to me. But I love the fact that there is a plan beyond words, registering to vote, and also joining Durrell's organization, making sure that we make uh, change that's not just words, you know, not just marches. And, again, there is a place for marches. There's nothing wrong with that. But we also have to take legislative action. And when we go back to the Kenty clock and them kneeling, I wanted to see them writing something on a piece of paper <laughs> instead of just kneeling. I, I, I want you to go beyond kneeling and wearing kenty cloth. I, I could care less about that, to be quite honest. I, I, that irritated me as well because I'm thinking, okay, while you're down there, sign a bill. Sign it something into law. Well, and I know we're living on time, but what's with the kneeling? Like, don't they get that Kaepernick did that during the national anthem or the or Star Spangled Banner during the game, like it's not just like this thing to do, to just kneel. Like, what does that even mean? What are they doing? I don't get it. I, I wish, and and Shanessa would be able to speak to this better than I. I wish I knew so the was- PR firm that said, "Hey, <laughs> this is the best idea ever." Yeah. No, that would that would be the CBC who said this was the best idea ever, and the kneeling was supposed to be um, a I would say how do I say this a way of honoring the death of George Floyd, which I don't think it does that, but that's what people have said. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. We have hey, to go. I don't make rules, but I just play here. <laughs> <laughs> what are we have to bow next week. <laughs> I can't. I cannot right now. I told you I don't make the rules. I just play here. <laughs> oh my lord. Okay, so um, we want to thank you guys for being here and for listening to Beyond Words right here on your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Thank you, Chanessa and Darrell, and I look forward to a dynamic conversation, as always, next week. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good night. Once again, once again, once again, you're tuned in live to your 15 Minutes Radio Network, Beyond Words, with Chanessa White and Darrell Douglas. We have had, as always, a, a awesome conversation, great dialogue, and you can go beyond words. Every time you listen to the show, there will be some insight into what we can do to change the world. The world is not just being changed for us and our community. The world is being changed for the next generation. So we don't have to continually have it, have these conversations that we can evolve and move forward with different concepts and different ideas and embrace one another and love one another and respect one another. And the humanity is brought back, not just to America. 
we're talking globally, you know, so we want to thank you guys, as always, for listening to Beyond Words right here on your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Interested in advertising? Advertise today on the number one online radio network for entrepreneurs, your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Contact us at advertise at your15minutesradio.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the other side of the microphone.